Honestly, though, you have played the game for a long time. Don't you have anything else to do with your time? Gaming Blues Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Gaming Blues Podcast, eSports edition. The following podcast is available on major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play Music. Check us out by searching Gaming Blue Podcast and subscribe for weekly, hopefully, weekly updates. All right, it's been another long break before I did a podcast. I am here now and recording another edition of the eSports edition, um, the regular edition of the Gaming Blues podcast, which I have my friend Darren on. We will come back with a Game of the Year Awards edition where we'll discuss who deserves the title of <clears throat> several Game of the Year categories. Um, last time we did that, it was usually making fun of the Spike Video Game Awards because of their questionable um, nominations and choices. So this year, we had two awards, one by the Joystick Awards, uh, which I believe sh- it is like a um, prestigious award slash like kind of like the GDC Awards, that kind of stuff. And there will be the Spike Video Game Awards, which the nominations have been released along with the jury. So that will be fun to dissect in the near future. And you get to hear us talk about the games we played and haven't played. And also discuss the biggest <clears throat> question is like, did this game deserve to be here? <clears throat> Death Stranding. <clears throat> and that will be more down the line. I uh, expect that in the coming weeks. And so you ha- we will have some more podcasts for you while you commute or during work. This is the eSports edition, which means I get to solo talk for an hour nonstop about the eSports topic of my choice. We talked about um, the Riot's 10-year plan, or sorry, not the 10-year plan, the 10-year anniversary, and how they announced six to eight new games in the Pipeworks, which was a fun topic to talk about. And I did mention that during that podcast, I was going to talk about the BlizzCon announcements, but at this point in time, I waited too long and nobody really cares about it anymore. I think even the hype for Diablo 4 is dead for the time being until they release more content um, in the form of a new trailer. Maybe they'll show it at the Video Game Awards. That's very likely. Um, We still don't know what the hell happened with the Diablo mobile game. So we will have to see what Blizzard comes out um, for those games. But what I want to talk about today is a certain game called Overwatch. And I think this is a good time to talk about it since they announced the quote-unquote sequel, Overwatch 2, during BlizzCon. And we will talk about you know, how I feel about it and some nitpicks I have about the whole situation that and the circumstances that Overwatch is in right now in terms of the actual game, um, the current step, you know, state of the community. Well, not the community, but like from what I think of it. And then the the Overwatch League, the esports competitive portion of Overwatch, and my thoughts on that as it has into the third year, or I guess season three of the Overwatch League. So let's go back. When Overwatch got first announced, it was in the midst of uh, Blizzard saying they're working on a new MMORPG, and it was I think it was called Project Titan, and everyone was. You know, talking about it because Blizzard hasn't released a new game in a long time. Um, there has only been new World of Warcraft expansions, 
StarCraft 2 being also a new game after like almost 10 years of nothing for StarCraft. They came out with Here's the Storm that came out and kind of, you know, kept the Blizzard uh, fan train going. And also they announced the new Hearthstone IP, which took off into its own um, category, its own community, and its own competitive circuit. Now, when Overwatch was first announced, obviously the first thing you notice is, oh look, it's a Team Fortress 2 clone, class-based shooters, different classes of different weapons, um, they fight for and contest for points in the map, that kind of stuff. But something about Overwatch was, I mean, even the art style was similar, so everyone's like, oh look, it's just a Team Fortress 2 clone, they just took the assets from the MMORPG and turned it into this uh, sort of arena slash map shooter fighting for objectives. But even when people were talking about it as a Team Fortress 2 clone, something about Overwatch was really interesting because it did something at the time... Because Team Fortress 2 was an old game at that point. Like, there were still people playing it, but the like the class shooter genre has been on the down low. The only thing remotely close to it was... Um, borderlands with this class, but that's a loop-based shooter and not an actual competitive shooter. The other competitive shooter in the market was Quake and CS:GO, and those weren't class-based. There was there were more, um, I, I guess I would say weapon-based or more realistic realistic shooter. Overwatch coming into the scape being a fantasy game with different classes like tanks. Um, before they changed it to marksman and the uh, what was it called? Like tank. Uh, sorry. Offense, tanks, and support. Back then, they came out with like four different categories. Attack, defense, tanks, and healers. And each character, or I should say hero, had their own like unique personalities to it that kind of got people hooked. Oh, look at this guy. Like that, Ryan has a giant shield. He's a, like a walking mech and has like a German accent. Um, he has jet boosters and he has a giant hammer to swing around. I look at Tracer. She's a little uh, British girl that can jump around and like throw bombs at people and like rapid pistols. There's a, there was a lot to, to digest when the first trailers launched, and my initial thought was, oh look, they're just recycling animations from Diablo and just putting it here. Like if you look at the Reaper uh, Ultimate Death Blossom animation, it was eerily similar to Diablo 3's uh, Demon Hunters. One of its abilities were like she circles and shoots things, and my initial thought was, oh look, they're just recycling animations, they're just recycling ideas to make him this arena shooter, and because like here's the Heroes of the Storm. Like took MOBA genre and gave it its own twist. And I thought like, okay, so they're just doing a Team Fortress but with their own spin to it. But as I kept watching the gameplay and like saw the different classes, I, I was like immediately hooked. Um I think the moment that this game like clicked on for me was watching the like being a weeb that I am into all the whole Asian stuff. I'm seeing Hanzo and Genji for the first time. That got me super hooked. Like, holy shit, look at this guy he could jump over walls and shoot dragons with arrows and like uh, Genji can take out the sword and like deflect stuff like that is so cool. Like everything about Overwatch, just looking at it like for the first time, was fresh, colorful, and really had its own like uniqueness to it. Like CSGO is like a really good shooter, but it's like bland as hell. Like you're just paying like no name terrorists or no name like uh, anti terrorist groups. Um, Team Fortress 2 kind of like had his personality too but once it became like a hat fest people were like oh there's like grinding for hats now at that point so i think it really picked a good time to come out as its own original thing and got people super hooked and i think 
at the time, the only real, like, a big multiplayer game was, like, League of Legends or Dota. Um, I th- I might be wrong. I probably am wrong. And, like, the Battleground game hasn't come out yet before. They came out after Overwatch. So Overwatch kind of took over the space as, like, it was the next big thing and the next big competitive thing that people should play. Um, so I got into the beta. Beta was super fun. Of course, like, it's like a, it's a honeymoon phase. It's got anything that's new will feel super awesome when it first comes out. Um, I played Genji for the first time. Like, Shuriken's hard to aim, but once I get the sword out, like, everything just clicks into place. Um, I mean, you might not, this, like, Overwatch is an old game at this point. They went through several revisions where the hero, some of the heroes got overworked. But when the first game, game first came out, it was like, uh, like ba- well, it was basically a shit fest. So they toned a lot of things down for the actual release. Like Bastion initially had like a shield first, like turret mode. Um, when I actually got the game at launch, I convinced a lot of my friends to play it because the competitive ass. I mean, it was a six man, sorry, six, six player team shooter. So I wanted to get my friends involved. Now, my friends being Korean, none of them really owned strong enough computers to run Overwatch because they only cared about League. So it was a hard sell, but once I actually got people to play it, it was super fun. And <clears throat> having characters in its own class means like people can decide what they want to do. Like it can be support, they can be tanks, or they can be damage dealers. So basically, there was something for everyone to try out and play. And that was the hook for Overwatch. There's something for somebody. Now, rank didn't come out at first, so it was mostly just like a what you call it, like the casual matches were the only queue that the game had. But once rank came out, like I tried super hard to climb, but I mean it's hard. Like even League of Legends, being a five-man team, it's hard to actually find competent people to play with. <clears throat> but even with League, at certain metas. You could actually just carry the game by yourself and just win, but <clears throat> the thing I found about Overwatch is carrying is super hard in specific metas where unless the DPS is like, you know, super buffed or a specific tank line is super buffed, it's kind of hard to carry. And this is where the problem came in for Overwatch. Like the first few seasons, like within the rank, was fun and climbing actually felt rewarding because they didn't really come out with the rewards yet. So you're literally just trying to climb the ladder to see who's the best in the region. Now, League of Legends had this appeal for rank where if you reach a certain rank, you get freebies at the end of the season. Um, the initial draw, the hook for to com- like to reach the highest rank was you get a fucking jacket if you're a challenger. Now, they ca- gave those out really, really later, but... That was the initial hook. They gave out challengers with the summoner's name on it. I think they also gave out bags and also like specific banners. And now the getting into challenger for League was also a gateway for amateur players to get noticed by actual teams to be signed up for the pro circuit. So there are a lot of like rewarding things or I guess a return investment if you invest hard enough to the actual competitive scene. Now, Overwatch at the time did not have much incentive to climb other than, like, personal glory. Because at the time, when it first came out, the Overwatch League hasn't been announced, but people were expecting something to come out in terms of the competitive esports scene. 
but nothing was set in stone yet. The only thing they came out with was the addition of gold guns, where if you take, if you get you get currency, I think after winning a ranked match, like a small amount, and if you like accumulate, say initially it was like a three hundred or one hundred, then they bump it up to like three thousand. You get a gold gun, which is a skin exclusive to those people who just grind it out and earn those points. It wasn't it wasn't tied to an actual rank. It was only tied to. Like if you win a match, you get points, and if you win enough, you'll eventually get the skin regardless of your rank. Like that's good and all, but the grand, it, in the end, even it, when they came out with the whole like you know mineral system like bronze, silver, gold, uh, plat, and all that, there wasn't really a reason to climb at the time. When the Overwatch League wasn't announced to actually climb further, like high up the ladder, except for like you know bragging rights, that was it. And this kind of continued in terms of ranked, where they did not give you any specific awards, at least even till now. I might be wrong, but there was no real reason to climb up the ladder unless you wanted to try out for the Overwatch League, where if you're like high challenger. Like amateur teams will notice you if you're good enough, but that wasn't like its own. That's his own topic later down this podcast. But for casuals like me, other than for like personal like bragging rights, there wasn't any real reason to climb. Like really try hard, I guess is the right word. <laughs> Aside from ranked, Overwatch announced announces season events like for Olympics, uh, winter, uh, winter holiday season, and Halloween. They also came out with single-player content in terms of four-man PVE.、Um, there's one for the、oh, what was it? Like the original Overwatch squad mission. There was one for the Doomfist sect one. Like they re- they released a couple, and they also released the Halloween one, which was actually really fun. It was kind of a form of like a t-、um, a tower defense,、uh, defend the fort kind of thing. And that was rewarding because you get specific, you can earn specific rewards, mostly sprays and whatnot, which is like minuscule and like doesn't really do anything for you, and and gave you you know more loot boxes where you can have a chance to earn skins. So this was the problem with Overwatch as a game. Before we dive into the Overwatch, now the content they released each season was great. Um, seeing the new skins because usually the Overwatch League skin,、uh, Overwatch skins, not the League skins, are really good. They're well designed, and like the seasonal ones are really good. Even like the Chinese New Year skins are really good.、Um, but you can only attain them through loot boxes, which means RNG, which means you're not guaranteed to get it regardless of what you do. It's you're just leaving it up to chance. The only way to get it is you just keep grinding the game, earn more loot boxes, or just spend actual money to you know have it a go with unlocking those skins. The thing that I found was that I don't play Overwatch anymore for more like more reasons than one. One being. That the new content they come out with is kind of slower than the pace that other MOBAs do. Like for instance, League of Legends have multiple teams that make the champions and release them almost every couple of months. 
But Overwatch League, uh, sorry, I can't say Overwatch League. Overwatch, it seems like they always release a new hero like almost half a year-ish. Or if there's like a specific uh, event coming out like BlizzCon, they announce it there and things like that. So the pace has been a bit slower than other games. New maps are cool, but then again, they're just maps. And the overall gameplay just felt the same. Um, everyone just loves 2CP and all that. Like, the game itself is super polished. Before we talk about balance, like, shooting felt great. There's a punch to it when you land all the hits. Using the ultimates feels really good. When you actually found, find competent teammates to actually coordinate and do stuff, it feels good when you win. But that's a big if if you find a good teammate. Even if you play with your friends, it's kind of hard where... If you only have five friends, you got to play with one random. If you play with four friends, you got to play with two randoms. Now, this is also a problem like, I got to get good, and you're absolutely right. If I'm good enough, I wouldn't have these problems. But the fact is, even if I'm super good and the rest of the team is not as good as me, then there's a certain point in time where I can't really carry myself to win. Now, is there? And that's why you see, like, you know, even pro streamers struggle sometimes because they don't. They always have that one player who might not be up to the task, or they got you know assigned a role they're not familiar with. Like role lock was a big thing back in the day because people just insta lock heroes and they can't do anything about it, and they just have to like play an unfamiliar role that leads to like lack of experience and mechanical skills, and it was just like auto loss. There's not a lot of players who can actually play all three roles convincingly that's in meta to actually be successful. Now you can cheese stuff, obviously. If you usually the Farah is if you if you're a competent Farah, you will easily climb to gold just and with Farah alone because there's it's really hard to find consistently good like Widowmaker players or McCree and like any um, is it his scan? Yeah, his scan player is actually good enough to take Farah down within like a couple of seconds of her flying. And also, there's certain times in the history of Overwatch where the meta just like just went crazy when like and they introduced Brigida, the everyone's favorite hero. Um, that introduced the era of goats, and that literally. <coughs> Sorry, was one of the big reasons where. Like, it made hard to play because if you don't play GOATS, you're in a disadvantage. But to play GOATS, you actually got to coordinate with people. And coordinating with randoms is super hard when they don't either talk with on TeamSpeak or when I don't want to talk on TeamSpeak because, like, sometimes I don't want to talk during games. Like, there's always an answer to, like, if you do this, you actually win. But sometimes I don't want to do always, like, specific things. Like, sometimes I don't want to talk. Maybe I'm, like, really tired. I just want to casually just play without thinking. But, like, if I have to talk, specific talk to people to coordinate, like, actually, like, takes actual work to do, then it becomes a bit frustrating. But I'm not saying this is exclusive to Overwatch. Like, every single game has this problem. If you want to win, you actually got to play the optimal strategy, blah, blah, blah. And the question becomes, on to if you just, just want to play casually, just play casual match. But even in casual match, like, everything's a shit show. Um, like, people just doing random things, like, cheesing works... And if like it's hard, it's hard to explain. But at certain point, it stopped becoming fun and becoming more of an ex- anxious moment where like, oh my god, like what am I going to run into this time? 
like it's not even like a mental breakdown either. Like even if you try to cheer yourself up, there are certain moments where if you you okay, let's say two CP for example, or even a payload map. Let's say you push the payload. Oh no, no, you're in defense and you've blocked the enemy team from pushing a payload on the last point in overtime for like the past six minutes, and they only have five seconds before over uh, the overtime ticks in, and you defend for five seconds and the overtime ticks in. You make one mistake. And your team wipes out. Like one little mistake. You literally did the perfect play for the past six minutes. And you just slip up one time. That one moment can literally cost you the entire match. And the six minutes you literally busted your balls to play for is meaningless. <laughs> now all of this is just like, oh, it's your fault for losing. And of course it is. But it's really frustrating that I defended for so long only to be shut down in like a blink of an eye just because somebody or I made like a one like major mistake. <laughs> I hear like the current meta is also good because there's shields everywhere and they're like the new hero Sigma plus Orisa and Reinhardt. Like the people are trying to find way to break shields so they're like balancing it around that. It's just like it's really interesting where the game is going because initially when it came out it was really fun maybe because people haven't found the broken stuff but it was genuinely enjoyable to play because you can still play things like genji or like like run far pharmacy and all that fun stuff and still get away with it but nowadays if you do, everyone just wants to play the most optimal stuff to win because the introduction of esports see that segue there the overwatch league when it first came out obviously this meant one thing people Pros will find the most optimal shit for other people to follow in solo queue or team queue. And that's exactly what happened. Esports players decided the meta, uh, dive meta, death ball meta, um, goats meta, um, double snipers meta, um, the Beyblade meta, the broken ass Mercy Age era. The Omnic Crisis era where Bastion was crazy good and now it seems like... I haven't watched the recent one. I'm assuming Doomfist is still overpowered as fuck. Oh, and Nanoblade, but Nano Beyblade was a thing. Like, all the, all the complaining I do, even with Overwatch right now... Again, the game itself was polished to a T. To a P? T. It's just that some of the metas became a bit more frustrating to coordinate and to play. Because usually, a lot of people, when they think of shooters, you know, if you're really good, you just land those, pop those headshots and win, like CSGO. If you go into, like, the like the lower ranks, of course, the higher ranks require more knowledge of maps, um, proper rotations, and where to throw nades for smokes and all that. But it ultimately came down to who can shoot the best, right? If you're a sniper, can you land those flick shots so you don't get counter, hit, counter shot at? Um, if you're a rifle, can you actually just one-tap people just to, like, win the duels? So if you're, like, a low rank and you go into, if you're a good shoot, you can actually just carry games because you can just tap them, tap on their heads and win before it gets to high ranks. Of course, of course, you know, this is all just talking about low ranks. So with Overwatch, like, same thing. If you're a DPS, you can actually carry the game to a certain degree. If you're, like, Widowmaker and, like, McCree and, like, they can't even touch you. But it kind of created this problem where if you're a certain like if you're a dps now if you lose like the other four members become like 
Oh, we got to wait for the DPS to come back on. That kind of stuff. So as a support player, it, it kind of got frustrating for me because I can land those hits for as Ana like super far away and kill the farm, um, you know, the so far from far away. But like against good DPS players, I can't really do much as Ana, even though I can land the hits because my class doesn't allow me to. So going back to Overwatch, when it first announced, I jokingly told my friend, "Oh shit, let's." You know, let's aim to be pros because the whole premise of the Overwatch League was you can, you, like, you know, the, you sitting in front of a computer screen, you can become a pro and join the Overwatch League and start your esports dreams. That was true for some of the people, but it ended up being everyone just, everyone, every pro from the NAU and Korea circuit, even China, just brought their players into the actual league. And it was just ended up being a melting pot of ex existing pros, with some rookie pros found to contenders. When League of Legends esports, even like CS:GO, comes out, like it was kind of easy for me to find the players I want to follow. Um, when League first came out, obviously TSM was super popular because they're like the best team at the time, and they actually had like. Uh, personalities I can like kind of relate to or I liked following um, Dyrus, Odd One, um, Reginald and all that CSGO like I, I don't I barely follow CSGO but usually I just follow the like the player that's really good um, when I watched back in the day in like Ninja Pajamas I love freaking Makalele from um and and uh, then NIP because it was super good <laughs> And then I see the players like Olaf Meister, like or Force. That was really good back in the day. And nowadays, I think it's like still simple as the best player with Elige. I, I love I love seeing Shroud play when it was a pro. Um, but now things change. But still, there were there were like players that had a personality and or skills that I liked following them to actually make me follow the scene. The Overwatch League didn't have many of that unless you seriously followed the Korean scene because the majority of the players that were brought over to the Overwatch League were indeed... The, I mean, the best players were Korean. So I, I followed Lunatic High only because for Liu Jae-hong, uh, the support player for Seoul Dynasty, now in Vancouver Titans. Um, but like I had no idea who these other players were. We had like fucking 10 teams. And I only knew some of them, and it was really hard to follow who's who. Like the whole premise of the Overwatch League is like, oh, you gotta support your team. And at the first time when they announced the initial teams, Canada wasn't involved, so I'm like, who the fuck do I follow? I guess I gotta follow Seoul Dynasty and like London Spitfire because they're Korean players on them. So a little fact about me, I actually worked at an esports media company called Action Esports. Um, I worked there as a video editor and created... Uh, much of their old content for them. So through that work, I got to experience the Overwatch League in more ways than one. I watched a lot of the games, and as I watched, you know, I started to follow a specific players that are really good. Um, again, like Ruji Hong. Um, started following players like Surefor, Agilities, only because I some of them I had to like make like documentaries for. So that's through the work I got to know who they were. Which makes me think, like, if I didn't 
work in the esports industry and actually have to make contents about them? Would I actually known or care about them if I solely watch through the Overwatch League? I mean, it might be the case, but I think my personal opinion is that a, there's way too many players to follow, and B, none of them had real, not all of them have the like the likable personality because they did not feature them enough for me to actually look up or care for them. The running gag was all the Korean players just like you know they're just like bland Overwatch playing robots. So unless they actually went, the team went out of their way to actually show off their players, or and or if the players actually popped off. Nobody would know who they are. It's just another, oh, it's a random Korean esports player, number one through five, six. But the Overwatch League did one thing that I think did a good job was, like, the esports of any, like, this pro circuit, the competitive circuit for any game, one of its purpose is designed to get more players to either start, join the game for the first time, and or bring back existing players. It's basically a part gigantic marketing tool for the game. The funny thing about esports is like if you see it, if you see the grand finals of a game, I'm going to use the League of Legends for example. You see the most highest level play likely in the grand finals. And when you see it, you're like, oh my god, that looks so fun. Like, that looks exciting because you get to see those crazy moments where one player lands, like, a five-man ultimate that brings them together for, like, a um, wombo combo. And you sit there thinking, like, man, like, I remember that moment. I should go back and play. Like, I want to experience that. Like, oh, remember when League of Legends, I remember. That was super fun. Like, I want to go back and play. I should grab my friends, and we should queue up and have a great, great old time. But you can't, because those are pros, and you're not a pro. And you might have some fun here and there, but you just realize that the game is not overly a fun exam experience all the time. I'm not bashing in League of Legends, but it's just the case. It's just like the, this is what happens. Even for Overwatch, I see the grand finals of the Overwatch League. I get super hyped. My God, that profit comeback was insane. La 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 la. And me thinking to myself, my God, remember when Overwatch League was Overwatch was fun? I should go back and play again. And I go back and play with my friends, being like, you know what? Let's play again. We go to fucking ranked, and the same thing happens. Like we can't coordinate. We can't do shit. We get cheesed, and it just goes up and reminds me that oh right, this is the reason I quit. So if one propped Overwatch League, it did its job and got people hype and almost like made, you know, people to go back and play the game again. Again, like the biggest problem I see, I mean, this is a casual speaking, so take it as you will. The biggest problem I see with the Overwatch League is A, the game itself is fun to play when you're playing it. But watching it, it's still very hard to see what's going on and... When a team fight happens, it's hard to keep up. Now, the camera work has improved way much over time. Like when it first came out, it was kind of hard for the camera workers, like in-game camera movers, to pinpoint where the action was happening because you got to flip through 12 different players when a team fight happens and you have to land on the like the like the correct player to get the right moment. But that's super hard when there's so many cameras to flip through. Like you got the perspective view, you have the top-down map view, and you got the different views of the 12 players. 
but they did a really good job of actually creating a format or like a standard of which player to follow and how to show these angles, blah, blah, blah. And it was bearable. It was good. I can actually realize what's going on. But that might be only because I am I work, watched so much Overwatch League footage for while working in action that I just got accustomed to it. Now, going back to League of Legends for a second, even League of Legends, if you just show somebody like a replay of like the Grand Finals to like a non-League player, none of them know what's going on. Like, it's so hard to follow. Like, what's that guy doing? Why is that like, character suddenly giant? Like, we just flung them all to the wall. Like, what's that robotic character? What is that doing? Like, there's flashing lights everywhere. They're fighting, contesting with like a purple dragon. Like, what's going on? Like, same with Overwatch. There's like, a lot of flashing lights everywhere. That guy's just yelling some, do you got no whatever? Oh, I haven't, I haven't forgot what Genji's ultimate is. What he yells now. You didn't know. Ugh, fuck. Anyway. Like, it's really hard to follow. The best esports right now, I think, undoubtedly is... Well, not undoubtedly, but in my opinion, is CSGO. Only because it's a game that's super easy to, easy to follow, even for newbies. Because the basic gameplay, if you don't consider if you don't count like the map play and the nade play you're just shooting stuff with guns and that's easy for people to follow and since it's like a realistic shooter it's really easy to tell what's going on because there's not a bunch of like vfx's everywhere like screwing up your view there's only just a gun and if you die you see a bit of blood spatter and that's it like if you see if you show someone doing like a flick headshot from a sniper to even a non-CSGO player, they can actually register it and, you know, put it together that, oh my god, that, that guy just shot that guy in an instant and it killed him. Whereas in Overwatch, you have to process, like, multiple steps, like, okay, that guy suddenly changed forms, okay, flashing lights, the camera's zooming in and now what's going on? Like, it's a lot more work for the viewer to actually, you know, think about what's actually happening on the screen. So that what that's one of the things that you know Overwatch League has problems. Like it's kind of hard to follow. You know, the casters actually helped mitigate this by actually like doing a really good job of explaining what's going on. Um, but I think the biggest problem, well, not a problem, like biggest difficulty for Overwatch League was when they actually moved away from a DPS meta, where like snipers or like McCree with like you know projectile shooters with Soldier Seventy Six. When they were the like common choices, and we moved to the goats meta, where it involved both teams to group up into a ball formation and clash into into each other. And goats is really hard to analyze and hard to realize what's going on. And for some people, it might not even be fun because it's take five groups of kids and another five group of kids, and they just literally just crash into into each other, and you literally just wait. A couple of minutes to set for the fight to settle and to see who won. That's like the most apt description of goats I can do for like common people. They group up into a formation, they collide and shut in, into each other, and just hopefully they take out the main keep like pieces of the goats formation to win. That was it. Now um, we moved away from that because Brigida got nerfed to hell, and introduction of other heroes like uh, Sigma kind of changed the meta a bit. But even to this point, it's somewhat hard to you know get new people into the game and kind of process what's going on the screen so that's like the second problem for 
what Overwatch has right now for me. First, the game was fun, but as time went on, there wasn't any real reason to grind for because there's no no real rewards to aim for, <clears throat> other than like personal satisfaction, which is ke- what keeping people playing the game still because they want to reach a certain rank. And the league itself, while there's a lot of high-level play there and a lot of strategy involved, it's really hard to follow unless you really dedicate yourself to understand what's going on. Now, this is all leading up to the Season 3 Overwatch League and the announcement of Overwatch 2. And also, at the same time, Riot announcing Project A, which is basically their take on Overwatch and my thought process in all this, and the reason for this podcast is, can Blizzard do anything different? <clears throat> I'm sorry, a lot of coughing here. I'm just going to chug my aqua for a second. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't help but like theory craft. What can Blizzard do differently? Because they're announcing Overwatch 2. Well, not doing anything different now, but what could they have done in the beginning? To kind of make Overwatch more, I guess, long, longer lasting than it could have. I'm not saying the game's dead. Oh no, there's still a great community behind us that, that still plays it. That's like a no-brainer. And I think the Overwatch League, while the numbers have decreased to somewhat, I think, over the Season 1 and Season 2, and going to Season 3, we're going into the actual... Like the local team, um, what do you call it? Hometown team matches where pe- like players will actually fly out each week to different cities to play. I think this will be the turn- like deciding factor in whether or not Overwatch League can actually survive as an esports. Because if there's not enough attendance or interest for the matches that when they're playing in like different regions, there's nothing that can you know kind of save the esports from slowly dwindling there's a lot of money involved and there's a lot of reports saying like you know the numbers are rising and overwatch league is still popular and like the hometown games are selling out but again there's a lot of doubts going in because a the game is becoming slowly stagnant like how are you going to attract new players like League of Legends has going that they release a new hero and new content almost like every three to four months. So that's kind of enticing for players to join in. And after each year, they drastically change things about the game. So it's more a good jump off point for people to come back in. Like this preseason, they're literally reworking how the dragons work and how it's going to literally affect the environment, the map. There's They change the map after all these years and it's going to change how league is being played basically compared to the past 10 years and i I think that's amazing and for people who haven't played league in a long time can literally uh, relive relive the experience where they play league for the first time and i think that's really smart what does overwatch has going for it that makes me want to come back in i missed the last i missed I haven't played the game since I think Ash release. That means I didn't play Sigma. I missed the last couple of seasonal events because at that point in time, there's no reason for me to grind for the skins. There's absolutely no 
other than again personal satisfaction and like hoarding for in-game loot that makes me want to keep makes me want to keep play Overwatch. There's nothing. Nothing about the core gameplay is different. One hero is different, and I thought something would be different with the Overwatch League Overwatch Two announcement, but as the leaks confirm that, well, well, the announcement confirmed of the leaks that it's Overwatch Two is only be only be going to be become the PVE、uh, portion. It's basically a single player mode they're bringing for Overwatch. Two, while keeping the same multiplayer aspect of one, while they can just overwork overwork the UI and maybe some of the skins to, you know, match the new costumes brought in for Overwatch Two. I think there is an opportunity for Overwatch to really shake up the multiplayer aspect of the game, if they wanted to, but it sounds like they're still just keeping the same multiplayer because. If they try to rework things, that's going to shake up the entire infrastructure of the current Overwatch League, and of of course there'll be like adjusting periods for players. And if they change it too much, it might actually cripple some of the players because they have to learn a new game. Now, if they're good enough, they'll survive. But、uh, I don't know what's a good way to explain this. Is like if you take. If, let's let's say you you take bah okay let's say you take basketball right oh no no no、uh, what's a good one oh yeah so let's take handball players you take handball players and you're literally telling them to go play water polo now it's somewhat similar you're still you know playing with a ball and trying to chuck it to score. But you literally change the environment of how you play it. The fundamentals might be the same, but if the environment is different, there's going to be adjusting periods and le- like learning a whole set of new skills. But it might pay off in the end if they do it right. Now here is my bullshit. You know, probably not drunk, maybe drunk theory crafting of what they could have done with Overwatch multiplayer to make it fresh. Now this idea came from when I saw the per, like the PVE portion of the game, where you allocate different skill points to different skills for the different heroes. And then I thought, you know, what makes CS:GO really interesting? What makes it fun to watch? And like, how does it attract so many players? The conclusion I came came down to: if you don't consider the high-level play. Because that's not really meant for casuals, is that everyone has the access to majority of the same guns, same equipment, except for the obvious like the CT exclusive guns and the terrorist exclusive guns. Everyone is playing on an equal level level of playing field, and the only difference is how they spend the money to like do their loadout. And there's a whole economy behind it where. You know, you can decide to save and just run pistols, and if you win the round, you get a lot more return. Where you can buy stronger guns, even like up to snipers, and if you keep winning, it's like more return investment. I love the aspect of CS:GO. It's fun to play because no player has an advantage over me. Now, what that what I mean by that is, 
since everyone has the same access to the same guns minus the like the side exclusive guns which not are not overpowering in any sense maybe the i mean the ak is the strongest gun but i mean there are guns you can still play and that can overcome an ak player but in overwatch if you decide to play a specific character you're locked you're locked to that specific skills of that champion and that brings its own you know advantages and disadvantages now obviously that's what a class based shooter is you choose the class and you're trying to find the perfect combination of different champions in like a jigsaw puzzle to find what clicks and what combination of different skills can help you reach victory that is the foundation of a class based shooter the problem with that is i find is that well it's, there's two things obviously this counts for every game even for league there is meta dependent heroes where in a specific meta a couple of let's say in a cat, in an attack category there's six heroes in a meta, only two to three might be super viable and the rest might be irrelevant totally. And this results in the same heroes being played, you know, over and over because they're super optimal. And then there's a problem of if you're a specific class, let's say I'm a support hero. Let's say I'm Mercy, for instance, and we play on a comp. And let's say my DPSs get wiped out. In that case, we are at a number six advantage, and I can't do shit because I'm a mercy, and I can't really f- DPS my way out of a win. Now, Overwatch is like respawn based, so they can just come back and join, but there are certain moments in time in Overwatch where you can't really do shit because you're the limitation of your class. Like, healers are more, more, most effective when they heal, and tanks are most effective when they tank, and then the big CCs, and DPS are more, most effective when they do kills. What if there was a way for people to still fulfill the roles of, let's say, healers, but still have access to, for them to, like, do damage or for them to actually, like, possibly turn a disadvantage in their favor? Now, this is where the ultimate's coming for Overwatch, but again, I think being locked down into a specific class and limited sets of skill like um the abilities i think it hurts it more than it being rewarding when you find the right combination then my idea comes in is where why don't you let a player customize their own hero by choosing from a pool of skills instead of being tied down to a class kind of like how you can have loadouts in call of duty now you can say like oh that's what you that's you dumbass that's what the class that's what the different characters are for if you don't like one combination of heroes and like and, uh, skills and whatnot you can just switch to this hero to sit, suit the need of that situation yes but if if this is a meta driven game then even if i want to switch to a different hero it might not even be viable and if i can't win with the two meta heroes for a specific class i'm fucked because i'm literally just getting outclassed by the team 
Now, what if you had the ability to choose your own hero? Like literally, take every single skill there is in Overwatch and put them in a menu, and you can let the player choose any combination of skills they want to use. Like they will choose an ultimate. Although I just want to literally just get rid of ultimates altogether, but like they will choose an ultimate. They will choose a primary fire, a secondary fire if possible. And like the QWE shift skill. Can you imagine what players can come up with? Like you can give passive double jump and wall jump to like fucking May or something, or she can climb her own ice blocks. Or maybe maybe you can give a Brigida shield with a Soldier seventy six or McCree gun, so you can actually shield and pop fire at the same time. I mean that might be overpowered, but that's just like an example. Like this is all disregarding balance, but I think it would be more enjoyable to experiment with different combination of skills rather than trying to jigsaw puzzle different classes with random、uh, different people in a six man team, six player teams. Like think of the seriously, like the t- combination is endless. There's forty heroes right now. That means I have forty ultimates to choose from, and Per each hero, there's like three abilities, so it's forty-three times three, which is one twenty-six, one thirty-five. No, what the fuck am I doing? Forty-three times no. Okay, let's say forty-four. That's eighty-eight. Ah, I can't do math. It's one thirty, one forty, forty-four times. Anyway, I'm stupid. Let's just say freaking one hundred forty different combination like skills to choose from. That would make. Like the the point of doing that is one one thing. Everyone is in an equal playing ground. the The competitive aspect comes from can you find the diff Can you find the optimal combination of skills and ultimate and primary fire to create the hero that suits the needs of your comp? This way, you won't be restricted down to like oh, you have to choose. You have to choose two DPS, two tanks. And two healers. If they wanted, they can opt with a combination or a loadout where you have DPS options and you have healing options, or you can have a de- defensive option while keeping the healing option. I guess I'm talking like primary and secondary roles. Like you can have a, a loadout where you you have a Reinhardt shield, but at the same time you can have some kind of healing ability on the side, so you can、uh, break a wall while doing healing, or you can just swap up for a DPS skill. Like right click is shield and left click is, you know, primary fire for like a rifle or something. Um, you can have Farah, but you can be like a sniper or something or things like that. Like it's really dumb things, but the fun comes in when you can actually experiment with different combination. It's more fun to be to hand a kid a box of Legos, like well not Legos, but like a box of something for them to like. Play around with and like find their own method of fun. It's being like here, here's an action figure. You can do this and have fun. And again, like there's a lot of downsides to this. Number one, balance being up the wazoo, and B is like why? What's stopping the players from just you know just creating the existing template of heroes to begin with, and you just end up with the same problems. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
like the current existing set of heroes can be like a jump off point for players to like experiment with different things. Okay, I like the Widowmaker's ability to hook things. Okay, then I, I can keep that skill. And what if I com combine that with something else? You know, like what if I combine that with fucking Genji Sword? If I can keep using that all the time, I can just hook and just slice people all the time. Like that'd be really cool. But this is all just wishful thinking. But I think if anything that's gonna like get me to play Overwatch again, I think that would be, you know, one of the ways I could do it. At the state of the game right now, and I can I can ask like several people, like if I asked them like would they play Overwatch again, they would probably say no. Now, I'm not saying they would agree to my idea, but something like that, like some, like what League of Legends is doing. Now I don't like praising Riot, but the way they are, they do at each preseason where they drastically change the game. Like one preseason, they literally overhauled how jungling works, and they introduced all those like jungling items. And now they're literally reworking the dragons, and actually affecting the game in a meaningful way. I think. A shakeup is needed to make Overwatch more interesting again, rather than just releasing one new hero, and/or just releasing a PVE content. Like, what's PVE going to do for multiplayer? You know for a fact that the Overwatch selling point is the multiplayer. That's why people play the game. That's how the game survived this long without a fucking single player. Introducing a single player isn't going to do anything except for make some money. And like keep the audience engaged for like a couple of weeks at best. Those PVE content they release for seasonal events, I think like Overwatch, like the Rising or whatever. There is no way in hell they they're going to make enough content to keep people interested for more than fifteen hours tops, unless they release new like story content, like each month or something, and like more add-ons or more like. More PVE adventures, because those PVE events, other than for me to grind out like the event-specific items, I never want to touch them again. Like every players I have like matched up with, they're just in it for to get the rewards, and they just went straight back to multiplayer. I don't know what Blizzard is thinking, to be honest, to for them to not overhaul Overwatch Two. I would have preferred if they just nuke the current system and just do something with the. Like existing engine and characters to make it more like different, rather than single player. I mean, the, yeah, the single player would be fun. Don't get me wrong, but like, I think I don't think even they admitted like, like I saw through Twitter that they wanted to work on like specific seasonal events. All oh, like they want to try like this, try this and this for seasonal events and try new like modes and whatnot. But no, they're busy just making that like Overwatch too because Blizzard, apparently Blizzard is like busy like mitigating the house fire, there's the whole China situation, and all the fun stuff and the Diablo shenanigans, which they seem to be back online for. But like overall, like for all the time, I well I, I don't want to say invest, but I liked Overwatch. I wanted it to succeed so bad. Like even the Overwatch League, like only maybe because it was my job, but. Probably it was because of my job, not anymore. But I wanted, I wanted it to succeed because it would grow out the esports and you know raise, raise more awareness of what esports is throughout the world. I mean, other games are doing more better job at that than Overwatch, but still, it's kind of disheartening when I hear like all these drama going around, like all oh, the viewerships are fake, and like the 
hometown matches like selling out was all a ruse because everyone they counted like people who bought the ticket twice is like twice the number of entrants so like if it wasn't actually 80,000 people it was only like 45,000 because the same people bought it twice <sighs> well, I promise like not all of these esports will be me just complaining about stuff but it will be basically me complaining about stuff because I want to actually you know just enjoy esports again for what it is instead of like getting depressed because always it's like how do I say this like all, all these drama happening and people arguing over things like you know it's kind of hard to find joy in esports right now I would say <laughs> but that might be just from the job you know um like I want to go back to Overwatch for sure like if they can find a way well not even my method of like creating a create your own hero kind of thing like well, I guess this is the best way to explain it. Go back to the MMO idea they had for Titan and just make that into Overwatch. Give the ability for the player to customize their own character, whatever, and just have them go at it. No one hero might be unique unless people are dumb and just want to copy like the, you know, the pro or streamers builds. But that'll be fun too. Just give us something different than what is existing now. Like you call it an Overwatch two for a reason. If you're gonna keep the same the formula and just introduce different modes and add like one or two more heroes that'll just be like a band-aid approach in my opinion like league got to it as long as it has because they're willing to try different things and also they you know announced new heroes like very frequently but some of the heroes got buried and never see like competitive play but they somehow kept it going and the you know, the recent viewer numbers for the League of Legends finals in Europe just proves that, like, even after 10 years, people still like watching over uh, League of Legends and it's still the more one of the more popular esports titles out there because they're willing to shake things up and change different aspects about the game to make it fresh. I feel that Overwatch League doesn't have that right now. And I can understand from one side that balancing is must be insane because why is Overwatch a six-man game? Why is it a six versus six? I'm not saying League of Legends is perfect because it's a five versus five or like CSGO. I can't remember. CSGO is five versus five. Might be six versus six. No, no, no. CSGO is five versus five. The point being, why are you making more work for yourself as a balanced team by making a six versus six? Why are you making it so the esports like Overwatch League teams have to hire an extra player just to field six? If they if it was a five player game, five man, god damn it. Why is it a five player team? Why is it not a five player team game? There we go. Where then you don't have to worry about another six to the power of, you only have to worry about five to the power of. And teams can only have to hire the initial five and they can, you know, save money for another player and put that to somewhere else more useful. Instead of like having to hire a six player because you have to because it's a six, a six player game. It is literally harder to, ba- obviously, because you need to balance around a limit of here. I guess the their approach was like they don't have like 120 heroes like League of Legends 
they only have like a condensed, focused member of like forty-four. I don't know like how many heroes we're at now, but I guess they thought it would be more easier to balance because they're less number of heroes, and they can afford to make a balancing around the even number of uh, playable characters. Um, slots rather than an odd one, but I still I believe that if it Overwatch would be more like I'm always for the school of less is more kind of thing because like if you have less, then it forces players to come out with specific more focused comps rather than oh we have the luxury of uh, you know a six slot so we can just fit something else in. And but it also comes down to like, oh, there's six players because there's three different roles, and you need two to two, or you might want three one one. Like there's a lot of lot of things going for it. Like I'm pretty sure, like they had their own reasons to make it a six、uh, player team game, but ultimately, I think, I mean, if they were to shake it up. That would be my first, like that would be my first step. Just reduce it down to a five versus five. That means two less players on the screen, which means it'll make a visual diarrhea less, and maybe you can actually focus on the players a bit easier, even for the followers. If you create an asymmetrical、uh, formation, that you have to think around the、um, at the box to like, okay, can we actually afford to have? Two healers, two tanks, or one DPS. Or can we just go like ditch tanks altogether and somehow just survive with like three and two, three formation? I think that would be a better, more interesting way of you know teams to and players and casual players to actually formulate different combination if it's asymmetrical rather than even. Nothing. I mean, this is only because we play with the six.、Uh, Uh, six slot formation for like a long ass time, but again, the my point of the all this is, they should shake things up within Overwatch to make it more interesting for the the player base, the non competitive player base, and this might cripple it, but even shake up the competitive scene because you're introducing all these different aspects where it's basically a new,、uh, you know. It's a fresh playing playing ground for playground for pros to experiment and find the most optimal things to do. Now this might end up being the same, where like oh, even with these new changes, Overwatch itself is like the same game still, where like they stick to the same strategy and like this shields is over ramp over like、uh, ramp and over everything. Yes, but that adjusting period might take several months or years to reach. And It's more fun witnessing a gameplay where the pros experiment rather than seeing the same strategy over and over again to see who can execute it better. As from a casual standpoint, of course, if you're a high-level player, of course you want to see like the most、uh, two teams going at it with the same strategy to see like, oh, this team overcame this team's same strategy because they did different with this, or this player was better. But looking from like a casual standpoint, pinpoint, it's more enticing visually for them to try like different things or different strategies, even with the com, and that's what makes esports more memorable. I think. I think. I mean, this is kind of like the casual pleb opinion that a lot of the 
you know, veterans and or, you know, the high-level players hate. But, I mean, for a game to survive, you need the casual player base. And there's no way around it. Now, I still love seeing, like, the high-level plays. Like, the even now, the biggest... Well, two two biggest plays I it's in my my mind for Overwatch League is obviously Yu Jaehyung sleep dart because that's like the most it's basically the moment thirty seven from Evo of Overwatch League seeing Yu Jaehyung land those sleep darts on Huxal <laughs> and ironically he's playing with Huxal now <sighs> and then the other part other matches where the gladiators did a loop around on King's Row. Where they kept sure four at the base, thinking that they're just doing a goat formation, trying to like you know reach around and jump down at the point, but they're actually like um, get grabbing the attention of the Spitfire players to not pay attention to the spawn where sure four was just waiting, and basically when they jumped down as expected on the point, they didn't realize that they are only five members. And the sixth member was back at spawn, and they're just sniping them while the Spitfire had their back turned. It's basically like a, you know, a side of hand trick where you distract the the people you're trying to fool with the magic trick by having to focus on one hand while the other hand does something else. That kind of thing, like plays like that, it does not happen often. But when it does, it's super memorable. And when you talk about like moments in esports. <laughs> With different people, that's what people remember the most. I mean, that's play still high play, but at the same time, they're experimenting with different stuff, which makes it more memorable, right? But it's it's, I I admit, like it's not. I think I contradicted myself more than once in this podcast, but my point still stands that Overwatch, for what it is, they should really try to, you know, change things about the game. That would entice old players to come back and even bring new players. Just because you release the game on Switch is not going to bring new players. It might, but no. I would love to see what the sales number is for Nintendo Switch version Overwatch, and if people actually enjoy playing the game on a Switch. Because I do not think. That's a way to bring new players. So, to summarize this, our rant, our rant again, the hour of rant. I want Blizzard to really take the opportunity with Overwatch Two, and they still might. Who knows? To revamp and or overhaul the multiplayer experience. So it is different from what it is now. Not just addition of different eye candy or a couple of maps with new heroes, but actually change the gameplay aspect of it. So it is plays completely different than the original in a way that it creates more experimental opportunities for the players to dive into. It can be done in many different ways, but still. I believe that Blizzard can do it. Although Blizzard doesn't seem to like to seem to be the Blizzard we knew back in the day, 
but a man can hope that something might change in the near future that I might actually download Overwatch again. And my Overwatch poster is still up. I have a poster, a tracer, and the initial roster poster, which I hope to keep, you know, just to keep it on, hoping that Overwatch might be good again. But for the time being, I'll just keep playing something else because there's absolutely nothing enticing me to play Overwatch and even watch Overwatch League even though they literally established a team in my home city of Vancouver and my favorite player of all time in Overwatch League, Ru Jae Hong, just got transferred to Vancouver and I can actually see him in real life. Even with that, there is nothing for me that actually grabs, grabs my attention. Like if you cho- told me that would you rather watch a League of Legends match, League of Legends Pro Circuit, or I guess NALCS, than Overwatch League, I would say NALCS because at least that's more digestible to watch. Actually, no, NALCS sucks. So that's a bad example. But like if you were to ask me, like, would you rather watch a grand finals of the Overwatch League or would you rather see the grand finals of a CSGO match? I would rather even watch CSGO, even if, when I don't follow them, like the scene at all. Because CSGO itself is easy to follow. I can actually like follow what's going on. And that's the end of my rant slash podcast slash experience. I did not mean to this to be another rant episode, but it seems like all my esports editions are becoming long ass rants. But you know, rather than it's hard to like if I express these thoughts on Twitter, I'm probably just get bashed by it by the Overwatch community for being a dumb pleb, pleb in goal that's like that sucks at the game that's why I'm complaining and they're right partially because this is formed these are opinions formed because the game the game itself is frustrating me and I'm having doubts that the Overwatch League can actually survive more than Let's say it's year two right now. I, I can't fathom, unless they shake things up, it'll actually survive to year NW3 or even year four. If, if it reaches a year four, because a lot of people are predicting that it's going to end in like two years or even less. I would love it as an ending thought that Blizzard just take the gamble and just overhaul the whole game. That's what I want Blizzard to do. Make Overwatch 2 a, an actual sequel that overhauls everything. Like still keep the multiplayer aspect, but literally just overhaul everything just make literally it'll give the treatment that a sequel deserves rather than just making a single player game that's what i want overwatch to do and that's it for today and thank you for listening through my hour rant the podcast is available on major platforms such as spotify itunes uh, google play podbean iHeartRadio, stitcher search gaming blues podcast and you'll see the iconic pixel art done by my friend Jennifer Hashtag uh, Twitter at V-I-R-I-Z-E-V-E-R-I-Z and you will find all the archives of my previous podcast and look forward to the new podcasts hopefully within the month with the Game Awards podcast and other esports related rants I have planned because 
I have one or two more in me that I can just pump out. And feel free to leave me any comments or feedback because I'm always looking to improve. I think I'm slowly getting better at talking and pacing myself so it's not just random screaming at the mic. Um, if you have any feedback for me, then shoot an email to, or actually DM me on Twitter at LastBlues. Um, you can also email me at LastBluesTV at gmail.com. Once I reach 100 subscribers, I actually have a dedicated URL for YouTube, so that would be nice. I will also be hopefully streaming soon. I mean, all these false promises, but I will guarantee you I will release at least two more podcasts by the end of the year. Four more if I do once a week. And as always, thank you to those who tune into my podcast. And I will see you next week with a new esports edition of the Gaming Blues Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>